Welcome to Leading Lights. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We have finished our purpose course and we are going back to our ongoing series as it is uh, on letting people see Jesus. Um, So I want to try and just, after a great five weeks, try and remember where we left off a little bit. You remember Greg, I think, spoke last about the feeding of the 5,000. And then he also talked um, on Peter walking out on the water. Remember the disciples, Jesus had sent the disciples to go ahead of him while he was praying on the mountaintop. And they were rowing their boats. It was the middle of the night, the wind was blowing. And Jesus walked out on the water as if he wasn't going to catch a boat. He was going to walk to the other side. And when he got near the boat, Peter and all of the other disciples in the boat began to get alarmed because they thought they were looking at a ghost. But Jesus says to them, don't be alarmed, it's me. And at that point, Peter says, if it's you, Lord, call me to walk out to you. And he does. He gets out on the water and he starts to walk. But then he sees the waves and he becomes afraid and he starts to sink. And Jesus reaches out, takes his hand and pulls them into the boat. They get into the boat, the wind stills, and they carry on. And I want to pick up with a short story. It's only three verses long, but it's going to kick us into a a preceding story to that one, and I want to try and draw some points out from that today. Uh, The title of my sermon is, Who Touched My Clothes? Okay? And the story that we're going to look at this morning is the one that you're going to see shortly on the screen. In Mark chapter 6, from verse 53... And uh, I want to read it so you can read with me on the screen. It says, When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. That's significant. They ran there. And this is slightly odd because Jesus is used to people gathering around him. But in this story, they recognize him and they run. It says they ran through the whole surrounding region and they began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. That's significant for us today. Wherever Jesus entered, whether it was into villages, cities or the country, Mark says they laid the sick in the marketplaces and they begged him that they might just touch the hem of of his garment and as many as touched him were made well what a great story there's so much in there for for us today Um, before I read the next story I just want to acknowledge the four things that I want to focus on a bit later the first one is about this whole idea that they recognized him they recognized something about him that it made them run and go looking for sick people I also want to focus on the point that says that they pursued him, that wherever he went, they went. They went looking for him. I want to talk about the fact that they touched him. There's something significant in there for us today. And I want to talk about this whole idea of clothing. There's a bit of a clothing theme going on through the talk today. I found it odd that whenever they came to Jesus in whatever marketplaces, they begged that they might just touch the hem of his garment, which is significant that that's what they came to do. And uh, the question that 
maybe you're like me, came up in my mind is, why did they want to touch his clothes? All right? And this is why. And we're going to read our second story from a chapter before in Mark chapter 5, verses 24 to 34. Just listen with me. I haven't got it on the screen. We're coming into the middle of a story where Jairus has come to Jesus and said, my daughter is really ill. Please will you come and heal her? And we pick up where it says that Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. We're going to look at this woman this morning. Imagine, ladies, only you can understand this. That time of the month comes around. It's not a pleasant time for you from what I believe and what I've experienced. Imagine having that, not just for a week, but for 12 years of your life. 12 years. The Bible talks about later on how the fountain of her blood dried up. I'm sorry, it's not a a brilliant kind of thing for us to be talking about because we culturally feel awkward talking about these things. But I want us to kind of look past that and just grasp a concept here. She had gone to every doctor that she could. Not only could they not fix her, she was worse off because of it. Imagine that. For 12 years. Now we have people in our church who have suffered with conditions for many years. They can understand where this lady is coming from. Desperate for healing. Desperate for a man, to, a physician to discover what the issue was and to fix it. But not only did they not fix it, she was worse off as a result of it. She's not a Christian. She's just a woman who is not well and who desperately wants to be well. It's important for us to understand that. The Bible says in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, let's hearken to that point back in our last story, recognized, okay? She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, I think in one sentence, quite a bit has passed by. This whole idea that she is a desperate, unwell woman with a condition that has plagued her for 12 years, who is worse off than she was because she's tried to come to man to fix her but hasn't been able to fix her. She's heard about this guy, Jesus. So it's almost like I have nothing to lose. I have nowhere else to go. I've tried all the options. I'm going to try this guy that everyone's talking about. What does she do? The Bible says that Jesus was thronged by a crowd. That word throng means to compress to crowd around. There were people all around him, a multitude of people jostling and walking with him and Jairus as they walked to go and heal Jairus' daughter. She's not interested in meeting Jesus. (laughs) She just wants to get fixed. Why do I say that? Because she snuck up behind him. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd, came up behind him because she had faith even though she wasn't a Christian, that he could change her because she had heard and seen other things. And she was asking herself, could this be my time? So she pressed through the crowd and she touched him. And it was like a switch got flicked. Contact was made and healing power flowed out of Jesus. And the Bible says 
immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. There was no guessing. And I, and I want to make this point, just it's a side point today. When God heals you, you will know. You will know it. Let's forget about this business of, oh, I wonder if I have or not. That's not where God wants us to live. He wants us to be sure of the healing that we have. And she knew it. From the minute she touched him, she knew she was healed. And you will know when you are healed. You will know. Not only did she know that she was healed, but Jesus felt that power come out of him. And he goes on, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Which is what I've called my sermon today. Do you think that Jesus didn't know? If he's an all-knowing God, he knew who she was, okay? There was a reason for asking that question, and I want to talk about that a little bit later on. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you. They're like saying, what? Look at everyone. We're getting knocked all around by all the people. What do you mean who touched you? Everyone's touching you. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. So basically, he turned around and he looked at her. He looked straight at the woman. And the Bible says something. This is beautiful. Remember, she didn't want to know Jesus. She just wanted to get healed. But the woman, fearing and trembling, imagine, 12 years of your life fighting some condition and not being healed, to suddenly immediately completely healed you're not just going to walk away something significant has happened your life has been transformed been transformed she was an outcast in those days when women are having that time of the month they had to stay at home till they were done they weren't allowed in out in public Imagine how that would have affected her life for 12 years. But her life was transformed in a moment. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. She worshipped him. And she told him the whole truth. Was she telling him, oh, it was me? I touched you. I think she was coming in repentance and getting right with him. What is the whole truth? She can't deceive the man. She's getting clean with the man, not just in her body, but in her spirit. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. I'm going to talk about that word well. He says, go in peace. I'm going to talk about that word peace. And then he says, and be healed of your affliction. Wow. How many of you are hungry for a touch of God in your life? Hey. He even restores people who have ulterior motives. He is so kind and gracious and compassionate that we can come up behind him and touch him if we have faith. 
and he will restore us. And I want to talk about the whole idea of coming to him. So let's, let's move on. I want to draw out a few truths for us today. The first one is this whole idea that in our first story, when Jesus arrived, he got out the boat with his disciples, and the Bible says immediately, there's a lot of immediately's in this story, immediately they recognized him. What is it that they recognized? Was it that they knew him? Was it that they had heard about him? Was it that they had witnessed things about him? I don't know. But that word recognized is significant for us because if you look at the definition of that word, it means fully acquainted with. I want to make a simple point this morning when I talk about this. It's important for us to recognize Jesus. It's only when we are fully acquainted with him that I believe transformation takes place in our lives. When there's an awareness that comes over us, when there's a hope that rises up in, in us and an eagerness and a sense of faith. You see, these guys didn't go to Jesus for themselves. The Bible says they, they went into the surrounding areas and they gathered up all the sick people. Why? Because they knew this woman. They knew her. They knew what had happened in her life. They were acquainted with this story and as much as her life was transformed, they became aware that day that Jesus is the answer. I bet there was a league of doctors in those days who had conversations about, I don't know how to fix this woman. What do you think? There must have been conversation about a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. These people knew her. But they knew her life had been changed. They recognized something about Jesus that caused hope and belief and faith to rise up in them. And so my point really is when we recognize Jesus, we're acknowledging something about him that is true, but we're also appropriating it to ourselves and saying it can be true for me too. Are you fully acquainted with Jesus and what he can do for you? How fully acquainted are you? My second point today is that they pursued him. I want to talk about determination and how important it is for us to be determined as Christians. For us to receive something from God, we need a determination. For us to walk in what he has for us, we need a determination. Those sick people didn't come to Jesus by accident. These guys had to go and find them. And they had to carry them to villages and cities. Wherever he was, they carried these people to Jesus. Wherever he went, they went after him. There was no accidental coming upon each other in the marketplace. Those people were waiting for their opportunity. They had made great effort to be there. And I think sometimes we're guilty, and I'm totally speaking of myself first here today, we're guilty of assuming that with a little bit of determination we'll get all that Jesus wants for us. 
But I think that he is looking for a, a drive inside of us, a desire inside of us that will pursue him wherever he goes. Not hoping that one day he'll wander past my village and everything will change, but I will go to him. I will go to him before he comes to me. Do you think that this lady was a determined person? She was massively determined, was she not? <laughs> Still hadn't given up after 12 years of suffering. What a challenge for you and I. When we think we've got it bad, there's always someone else who's got it worse and someone else who is still going for it, still looking, still determined not to give up. There's a challenge for us there. She was not supposed to be outside, as I said earlier on. She shouldn't have been there. She was going against all cultural norms. In the face of society, she was going after that thing that she believed Jesus could do in her life. And I want to encourage you today, please do not give up. Let determination grow in you like never before. And don't stop chasing after God. She had to press through that jostling crowd of people. And we need to press through situations in our lives to get to Jesus. Rather than stand back, we need to press in. There's something for us to do. Our story tells us that when the, the minute that she touched him, the moment that she touched him, she knew she was healed. And this is where I really feel that I need to park today and draw out the most significant truth for us. Because it's the touch that we're after. It's the contact that we're after. I want to talk about the difference between fascination and faith. If you remember the story, Jesus was being touched by countless amounts of people, but it was the one person who got healed. He was surrounded by a lot of people who were fascinated by what he was doing. <laughs> they were fascinated, but they had no faith. They were in the proximity of Jesus, but they didn't come into his presence. There's a difference between being fascinated by the things of God and hanging around people or around Jesus. There's a difference between fascination and exercising faith. Because when we exercise our faith, we move from being in the proximity of Jesus to coming into his presence. And it's the presence of Jesus where we get transformed, folks. And I felt that when I was preparing this sermon, right at the start of this process, that Jesus wanted me to speak on this area of worship. Worship is the coming into the presence of God. Because when we come into his presence, when we approach Jesus, when we seek to make contact with him, that's where the touch of his presence happens. She came just to be healed, but Jesus said to her, your faith 
has made you well. That word well in the Greek is sozo. And it means salvation. Not only did she get healed in her body, but she was healed in her spirit. Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That word is rest. Don't you just wish that you could live in a place of rest? Amidst the storms, amidst the trials of life, how do we rest and stay in rest in Jesus? And then he said to her, and be healthy, be well in your body and your affliction. What I believe Jesus is calling us to today is to a coming. Greg said something awesome earlier on that was on my heart. You know, when we come here, you're in the proximity of Jesus. You can be in church and be in the proximity of Jesus. But he's calling us into his presence. Whenever we come before God, we're looking not to just be in the proximity of Jesus, but to be in his face. And I believe that there's a word for us today that worship is the key to bringing us into his presence. Not just worship on a Sunday. Wherever we are, every day, a coming to the Lord. To worship him. When we were praying earlier on in the room up there, I really felt God say to me, come and worship. Don't come in striving. Because we do, like this woman, in our own strength, we go and find what we think are going to be the answers. And only when we reach the end do we come in desperation and in worship. Let's just come and worship instead of coming and striving before the Lord. And so I want to finish today with this whole idea of clothed. They came to touch Jesus' garment, which is weird, isn't it? It's slightly weird when you can touch the bloke himself. You know, But I want us to just think about clothing. I want us to think about Jesus' clothes. They were the closest thing to Jesus that was physical. And when you think about how your clothes sit on your body, they're always in contact with you. Are they not? And I believe that that's a picture for us today. We need to clothe ourselves in Jesus. Romans 13, 14 says... Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? By coming before him constantly and living in his presence. The Bible says that uh, David prays actually in Psalm 139, where can I flee from your presence? We're always in the presence of God. We don't go to him because he's at a particular church. He fills all things. And the Bible says that we live in his presence. But what I'm trying to highlight here is this idea that we come to him. We come to him. Uh, the answer for us, I believe, is to become people who practice the presence of God. And who pursue the presence of God. <coughs> who come in worship. Who live in worship who live in that presence with Jesus in an attitude of worship. 
I don't know if that's significant for you, but it is for me. Often when we come, it's because we've got a prayer. Often when we come before God, it's because there's something that's going on in our lives. But I believe, like, like Greg prayed, there's an atmosphere of Jesus. And when we come before him, when we come into his presence, that atmosphere lingers on us. I want to read a few verses to you. Talking about this idea of being clothed. Colossians 3.12 says, Over all these virtues, put on love. When we come and worship the Lord and we live in the presence, in his presence, we become more loving people. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility. This idea of putting on humility. When we come into the presence of Jesus and we worship him for who he is, we clothe ourselves in his presence and it changes us. Isaiah 61.3, talking about Jesus, says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. When we come and worship, we put on praise. When we focus on the Lord Jesus and we fix our eyes on him, joy rises up in us. When we focus on ourselves, when we focus on our problems, we worship in despair. But only Jesus is where the hope is. Isaiah 61.10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. You are clothed in Jesus in your spirit. Robes of righteousness. You are righteous today. Don't care what the devil's telling you about how you behave and who you are. You are righteous. Jesus did it for you. Garments of salvation. This whole idea that we are robed in Jesus. I believe the path for us is a worship path. I don't know how to really say this that is like revelatory for us. But I believe we're guilty of just being in the proximity of Jesus too much. We're close. We're not far away. And we're busy and we're hard and we're striving. When actually we need to come and worship him. And actually who we are changes in his presence. Living outside of his presence, we just strive. We get tired. We get worn down. We get disillusioned. We get disheartened. But in the presence of Jesus, hope rises up. In the Psalms it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. I don't know about you. I don't get that yet. I don't live like a person who is full of joy. I have joyful moments and then I have down moments. If I live in the presence of Jesus, if I live in that place, the Bible tells me, the fullness of joy rises up like a well in my life. No matter what happens around me, I am filled with joy. Is that something that you want? I don't think that we express ourselves on a Sunday yet in fullness of joy. That should be our experience on a Sunday. You know? I think we're missing something. 
But I believe the place to find it is in the presence of Jesus. Psalm 21, 6 says, you've made, you've made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. There's a lot of talk about the presence of God bringing extreme gladness. The Bible says that you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. There's protection for us there. There's safety. David prays, do not cast me away from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. There's power in the presence of Jesus. I will praise you forever because you have done it and in the presence of your saints I will wait on your name. I will rest. There's rest in the presence of let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. I think that we need to go on a journey looking for joy in the presence of Jesus and finding it, finding healing, finding strength, finding hope. It's a very simple message today, folks. We need to press through and lay hold of Jesus' garment. Lay hold of him in his presence, face to face. We need to come to him instead of expecting him to come to me. And we need to live in that place of coming to him. Hebrews 11.6, I want to finish with this, says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For whoever comes to God must believe that he is. You can't come before God if you don't believe he exists. And that he is, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The NIV uses the word earnestly. I want to encourage you to be diligent, to be earnest in your coming before the Lord because He will reward you. If you will press into His presence, if you will press through all the distractions of life, all the difficulties, past the doubts, past the doubters, and lay a hold of Him, there's a reward for you. Like that woman. You're not going to find that reward in the world. You're not going to find that transformation in other people or other places. You're going to find it in the presence of Jesus. He alone is able to transform your life and your situation. And you need to come in worship of Him. That's, the, that's it. He can transform you. Come in worship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word, God. Thank you for the simple riches of your word. When we come, you will reward. When we come wholeheartedly, earnestly, diligently before you. Lord, we want to be people of your presence. We don't want to be people of your proximity. We, don't, we want to be people of faith, Lord not people of fascination. When we encounter you, Lord, when we touch you, God, we want our lives to be transformed. And we want to know it. We want to know, Lord, your hand 
at work in us. Thank you that you're alive, Lord Jesus, that you are here, that as we come and worship now, we come before you. And we declare we're going to reach out to you, Lord, today. We're going to take a hold of you, Lord. We're going to focus on you. We're not going to just go through motions, Lord, and, and forms. We're looking for you, Lord. We're reaching out for you. Thank you, God. Thank you that you will meet with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to leadinglightsnetwork.com.